We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, Tommy Avance. Man, it's getting to be about that time. The Rams have won two in a row. Got lots to talk about. Gotta check in though. Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Did you want to do the whole Derek voice? Buddy. 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 I can't even do the Derek voice right now. I'm Derek. What the crap? I, can't, I don't even know to say that. You guys make fun of me better than I do. I got none for it. But, <laughs> but that is just the tip of the iceberg for today's show because 
We're here talking about those Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. For you, you were at the game. I, from what I gather early on, you had a great time. So, what did you take from that game? What did I take? Well, I took a pretty big fall down about 10 flights of stairs. Would you like That's to hear about that? Well, now I'm intrigued. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, we got some tickets from uh, JB Long. Thank you, JB. Much appreciated. So, me and Mark went and sat in those seats. Were, they were directly on the opposite side of the suites where our normal seats are. We had him and uh, well, his wife and his son go sit with Angel and Paul, and we went on the other side to go hang out. Well, our seats are ground level. So when you walk through the tunnel, you just turn left and they're right there. But the seats we got from JB, we had to go um, up about 14 rows on the other side. So we climbed this. And I haven't had to climb the stairs really at the Coliseum yet this year because of the we move seats. So what I realized, and I realized it the hard way, and it was raining, that they decided it was a good idea to paint the stairways in the Coliseum, which basically, when they're wet, turns them into an uh, ice skating rink. And I was wearing Nike Air Force Ones, which are very slippery when they get wet on the bottom. So I took one step, and I slid down about 10 rows on my butt and my tricep and my back. Um, I did have a lot to drink, so it didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part was nobody came to help me up because people today are you know, disgusting human beings overall. And everyone just kind of looked at me and stared. Um, Probably a little shell Yeah, but it just, it just shows the, the landscape of society these days. 40 years ago, someone would have picked me up. Five people would have probably picked me up. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So four days later though. Uh, yeah. Monday, I was fine. Tuesday, a little sore yesterday. Uh, I, it started to really kick in my tricep left tricep has a pretty, pretty big bruise on it. So yeah, it was fun. Well, first things first here, a, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, dude. Okay. B, have you checked YouTube yet to see if that video is somewhere? Cause I'm betting someone got that. Didn't even bother. It's gotta be somewhere. It happened so fast. I don't think anyone had their phone out quickly enough to catch it. Because I, I would have been like, YouTube that thing. Fail Army. Right away. <laughs> Let's go on. Fail Army. The, the game itself. Tell us about it. Um, from what I can remember, because I was doing my job, uh, <laughs> they didn't stand a chance. It was a joke. I wasn't nervous one bit. Not even, even before a little the bit. game started. What do you mean doing your job? Oh, I was doing my job. And false starts left and right. Oh. You weren't nervous at all about this game at all. So no, you, how many times did the Seahawks beat us in the last four years? Like once, twice. Yeah, maybe? but hey, hey, they 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 won a game eh. this year mm. by I'm, missed I'm field not, goal, but they won. Not scared of them, and I was right. <laughs> they're weak sauce, uh, dude. They they're good at beating everyone else but us. Don't make me remind you that last week you didn't want to call in this game. You were you did not want to. I don't do predictions. I don't do. Score oh, predictions. you have in the past. Stop it. You know you have. I, I don't. But I don't like to. I do it for fun. Now I'm put digging my heels in the sand, and I just like last night they asked <laughs> for a prediction, and I said dub against Cowboys. Dub. Dub. Win. Well, it's a dub. 
I'll tell you what, our interviewee, a little bit here in a little bit, Steve Dennis from ESPN 103.3 in Dallas, Fort Worth, has his thoughts as well on it. And actually, let's take you there in a second. Before we do, we do want to remind you that we are anywhere podcasts can be found. We still, still, absolutely still need some more reviews up there. Those five-star reviews will enter you into a into the contest to earn yourself a Rams jersey. That's right. Personalize your name on it if you want. Okay, from NFLShot.com. All you do is go over there, get a, go ahead and fill out a review. Five stars. Take a screenshot. Email to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com. And make sure you leave your name, your real name too, with the contact information, and that will get you entered. It's pretty good. I have a couple to read after the game on Sunday. A couple, we got a couple come in. And uh, so after the game on Sunday, we'll make sure to read them out on the air. It's been a while since I've read them out. So we'll get a bunch. And, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to help us grow. And don't forget, again, that we are available on Spotify, all those places. Apple Music, Spreaker. Who else is there? iHeartRadio? Right, Tommy? iHeartRadio? I'm having a senior moment. Uh, sure, why not? Okay, apparently you are too. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. That's why we're, we forget them all. These are Podcasts I mean, are, are available everywhere, people. It's called the internet. Okay, <laughs> Dang, you are cranky today. I know. With all that in mind, one more thing, we give our shout out to our sponsors over at MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Best of all, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you were to deposit $2,000, you can get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you're looking a little low stakes, put $100, they will give you $50. You'll be good to go with some free money. Just use the promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so check out this preview with Steve Dennis over at ESPN 103.3 in Dallas-Fort Worth. He gives us the lowdown on the Cowboys. Let's just say, he's got some doubts. Check it out. All right, folks, I'm here with Steve Dennis from ESPN 103.3 FM in Dallas-Fort Worth. He's on 1 to 4 on Pacific Time every day. And, uh, Steve, i got to tell you, I'm glad to have you back. Last time you were on the show, we had a great conversation. Two Buckeyes talking a little bit of uh, <laughs> Cowboys, of all things, on a Ram show. It's a little weird, but good conversation. Glad to have you back. And, you know, well, first, I ask how you doing. I'm doing great. Us Buckeyes are having a good time this fall. Let's see if it gets finished. Well, yeah, we'll see. And, and the one team I didn't want to see was Clemson, honestly. That's the team that's been kind of on the radar. We don't really know how good they are because the ACC was down, and now all of a sudden you get them. And the last two times they played Clemson, who weren't fun. So. Yeah, they're good. They're good, but that's okay. Hey, 
this team, we want to play the best. We want to beat Clemson, then beat LSU, and then nobody has any further questions, do they? No, they don't. And that's that, that would be the hope, that you want to go out there and beat the best, and there's no disputing, and and all will be right in the world, but we'll see how good this team is real quick. See, I'm, I'm, st- I'm stalling you, Derek, because I don't want to talk about the Cowboys. I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go, let me go ahead and, and hit the elephant in the room right away, and that way we can kind of get the ugly stuff out. What on earth happened to the Cowboys? This, this roster is loaded with talent. And I'm really confused because the division's not great. You guys should be, I mean, you should be a team that's on the on the verge of clinching a division plus some at this point. And that's not what happened. So what's going on? Yeah, I mean, the, everybody around here, including me, uh, thought that this would be another step year. Uh, they finally won a playoff game, uh, which was only the second in Garrett's tenure last year and before your Rams uh, clobbered them uh, and exposed them a little bit uh, in the second playoff game. But even with that, uh, there was a feeling that they would take a step forward this year. And they started 3-0, and and Dak had made major improvements with John Kitna now as his quarterback's coach. And, you know, I, I was arguing with my radio partner, Tim Kalashaw, uh, after the 3-0 and start. He thought it was only against bad teams. And I, I was kidding. I was Mr. Brightside then. <clears throat> I never am Mr. Brightside when it comes to the Cowboys. I'm always negative Nelly, and everybody knows me for that for 23 years here. <laughs> but uh, I really thought they were going to Zoom this year. And, and then I saw the next three games. And uh, fool me once, you're not going to fool me again. I... There, it's it's the coaching. Um, somehow they have disconnected from Jason Garrett after a decade. Uh, I think that is the major problem. Uh, there, there are other problems. Maybe we overhype the talent on the defensive side of the ball. Defense has been awful since the New Orleans game when it was pretty good. And they got beat by two on the road. Um, but the the big thing is, and the big hope is for Cowboys fans that it's all Garrett. Uh, they, they quit playing for him and they, they got entitled, uh, thought, you know, they all do so many damn commercials and whatnot. They just, and Jerry paid some of them. Jalen Smith didn't need to get paid in the preseason. He did. Lyle Collins didn't need to, and he did. Uh, they haven't paid Dak or Amari yet which was hanging over them. Um, but my story, and I'm sticking to it because I've been on it for two years, is this team is ready to move past their leadership. And once Jay, uh, Jerry addresses that, if he makes the right hire, I think the young core talent is in place to do something. That's my story, Derek. <laughs> Let's see if I change it, but I don't think I will. On the field, though, that's different than front office stuff, and that's different than um, the stuff with Jerry Jones. What has made the difference this year to see this change? Like, what precisely in offensive and defensive schemes of players? Where hasn't it worked? Well, I, I think after the three and zero start, it's possible that they quit worrying about details. They, as as Dak Prescott put it. Uh, they, they started sniffing themselves. Uh, 
Um, he said that after they had lost their second straight, before they lost their third. Um, you know, the, the, all the details, the important stuff, the level of intensity, the, uh, you know, making sure you're in the gaps you're supposed to be in and making sure you have the will and the want-to to make tackles and block and do all the fundamental football stuff. I I think all that stuff kind of cratered on them. Uh, you know, I, I would make a lot more money if I knew why <laughs> exactly. But I think that's what they're dealing with. If you saw the Bears game last Thursday, I mean, my God, that that defense, those guys wanted to be anywhere else. They had no interest in making a tackle. And these are guys that we know can tackle. Xavier Woods is one of the best hitters on the team. And he was olaying. He didn't even want to hit anybody. Uh, Jalen Smith, who has struggled all year, actually, after he got paid, but we know he can tackle. Uh, and when your middle linebacker is not interested in tackling anybody, you're in trouble. That reminds me of the Ravens game, though. And the Rams came in with the fourth-ranked rush defense in the league and then got sliced and diced. They couldn't tackle anybody, let alone one person. <laughs> it was just an awful display. And you're talking about the Bears game just like that. But you know what? The Rams came out the next week, woke up, smashed the Cardinals, beat the Seahawks. Is there any kind of hope right now that the Cowboys they'll be able to do some similar resurgence with the division down the line going down the stretch here? Some people believe there is. It's funny because Capshaw and I have made the parallel between the Rams and the Cowboys all year. And when we first started doing that early, uh, both teams jumped out and won the first three and then lost three straight. Uh, and we, bo- we felt that both teams were very talented and dangerous um so if they would ever get it together um we felt that both teams would be tough in the playoffs i think the rams um have proven what we were saying the cowboys man we're watching the eagles last night uh beat the giants who had no interest in winning uh they went number two from ohio state in the draft at number two, uh, they don't want to win. And these Eagles look like a double-A team. I mean, if the Cowboys can't beat them in two weeks with all the injuries they've had, I mean, at least the, the Eagles have an excuse. I mean, the Cowboys have lost Leighton Vander Esch and, and Tyrone Crawford, and that's about it. Uh, they're pretty healthy. Uh, Mari Cooper's been battling something, and Antoine Woods, but not, not major. Uh, you're, the Rams look like they're ready to be what they were supposed to be. Um, beating Seattle this past game and totally shutting down that offense, Cowboys haven't had a moment like that all year. I mean, not a single moment. <clears throat> they have beaten all the bad teams and put 450 yards on them uh, and scored 30 points on them, and they have been embarrassed by all the good teams. Um, they haven't beaten a winning record team all year. I don't think it's going to start with the Rams this week. Uh, the Rams, they're catching the Rams at exactly the wrong time. Now, do I think they could perk up and be more competitive? Sure. Uh, but I doubt it. Uh, when, when you're, when you know you're going to a coaching change, it's very rare. I think a comment I made this week was, 
The Walking Dead isn't real life. That was just a show on TV. I think they're dead. I don't think they're going to get up and start walking. But somebody's got to win the division. Probably going to be the Cowboys, and then they're going to get clobbered by San Francisco or Seattle in the first round. Uh, but, no, I, I don't see him suddenly being as dangerous as you as the Rams were this past weekend against Seattle. I just don't see it. The The Cowboys defense right now is curious and just how it – I can't believe the way they perform against the Bears. This is a team the Rams shut down very easily a couple weeks ago. If there's talent there, man. How much does Vanderesh having been out affect the team? And and also, can you tell me how the pass rush should work against this Rams offensive line? Well, the Vanderesh question is a very serious one because he's got a neck injury, which was his concern in the draft, uh, which the Cowboys weren't worried about <clears throat> when they took him 16th. A lot of other teams were. Uh, this neck injury that they are being very careful with uh, is not to be taken lightly, especially when you play linebacker in the NFL. You can't hide as a linebacker. Uh, so stay tuned to that. He's getting another test done this week, and that news could shock people. Um I mean, I mean, you know, I guess worst case is Lake Vanderesh uh, may have a real problem in there, and he may be hesitant to play football <laughs> with what problem he may have in there. I mean, that's worst case, obviously. But anyway, um, they miss him. Uh, they missed the way he played last year. He hasn't been playing that way this year, um, even before he went out. Uh, the pass rush. Well, you throw $115 million at Demarcus Lawrence because he's earned it, and he has five sacks after 13 games. I mean, he's got to be a double-digit sack guy. Now, Demarcus Lawrence is effective in all facets of the game. There's no question. He, he hurries the quarterback. He di- he's disruptive. Uh, he... he, he you know, has a lot of tackles for loss. It's not that he's been bad. He just hasn't been $115 million good. Uh, he's Five sacks isn't enough. Robert Quinn on the other side is having a hell of a year. You know, one-year contract, got nine and a half sacks, or ten now maybe. Um, they're doubling DeMarcus and freeing Quinn up some, but uh, if those two are doing what they're capable of doing, uh, it's it's formidable. Um, but uh, not seeing enough of it. Uh, Marinelli's defense is a little vanilla. He never blitzes. He doesn't do anything special. They're rushing for and not getting there. Um, I fully expect Jared Goff with a little breath of confidence and Gurley running the ball uh, the way Gurley has run the ball, I fully expect the Rams to to do kind of what they want on Sunday against the Cowboys' defense. Now, that I know for sure. Cowboys' offense may run with them a little bit uh, if this team is going to perk up, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Rams' offense is going to have its way with the Cowboys' defense. 
the I just want to check out one thing. I want to clarify the the edge rush for Dallas. How's that looking right now? Maybe I'm just going to get in deeper. I know I asked for the whole pass rush, but the edge rush has been the weakness for the Rams. It, what teams have done, and I've talked about numerous times, is they've been able to basically fold the Rams' offensive line back like a taco, and it really gives Jared Goff no room to move at times, and that's where it's been really hard for him to make a good decision, to get away from space, and that's one reason you've seen them rolling him out, getting away from that rush. How is the edge rush for the Cowboys right now? Um, well, it, it's it's Quinn on the right side, DeMarcus Lawrence on the left, um, and again, both very capable, uh, but we just haven't seen enough production from D-Law. Uh, Quinn is having a Pro Bowl-type year. Uh, he he's double digit in sacks and and he's been disruptive consistently uh, all season and and those two are really about it. Michael Bennett is a new addition inside. Uh, Malik Collins inside. Uh, they, you know they they disrupt some, but but on the edge it's pretty much Demarcus and uh, Robert Quinn and. Quinn's been getting there, and DeMarcus hasn't been. Is there a reason why? I mean, is there anything you're seeing? Is there an injury hidden somewhere? Because it doesn't sound right that he only has five sacks. No, he he said this week that he's putting it all on him. He said, I'm here to testify that this is my fault. I need to play better. Um, I wouldn't rule him out for playing better. Uh, you're telling me that that uh, Havenstein and or Whitworth can be had a little bit. <laughs> if that's the case, then then Demarcus could be due for a big game. I mean, Goff is the type of guy uh, that he can maybe get to. Um, but again, I, I'm not going to predict it because we haven't seen it. He is not. He's he's been disruptive uh, in other areas, but he has not gotten to the quarterback like he can. And flipping around now to the Cowboys offense, we know what Dak's capable of, and we also know that he when he's off, he's off. What do you see this team can do against this Rams defense right now? Well, the Cowboys are, are going through something. They're they're I, I think this is part of the problem they've had this year. They I think they're still the number one offense statistically in the league, and they have been for quite a while. I mean, they'll, they'll put 450 yards up on a bad team in a heartbeat. And they've done it against good teams like Green Bay when they're down 31-3. to <laughs> And they come zooming back because, uh, you know, the team doesn't care much. Dak gets a lot of empty yards um, in games against good competition. Uh, but here's their confusion. they Dak has made a giant jump as a passer. He he's really improved, and, and I mean really improved. John Kitten has been working with him first year, and he, they're on to something with him. Uh, he was very limited in the passing game the first three years. He's not now. He can he can find every corner. Uh, he he throws it deep middle. He throws it everywhere now. And in the first three years, he just didn't. So they got enamored with that. Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, got enamored with that early when they were picking on the Dolphins and the Redskins and the Giants. 
and they lost their identity. They're they're not running it with Zeke like they have. They're not as physical as they have been offensively, and they're relying on Dak to put on a show with Amari and Michael Gallup and and uh, Randall Cobb. And again, it, it works against bad teams, <laughs> but against good teams. Uh, for example, New Orleans with Barshawn Lattimore just shuts down Amari Cooper. Uh, when Stephon Gilmore just shuts down Amari Cooper, all of a sudden, with Amari out of the picture, which is what Jalen Ramsey's probably going to try to do to him, uh, the passing game's not quite as effective. Uh, the only thing that the Rams fans should be worried about is Amari Cooper is so much better at home than he is on the road for some reason, which was different for him in Oakland. It was the opposite. He's terrible on the road. I mean, you ought to see the difference in his stats mm-hmm. home in a way. And uh, they're shutting him down on the road, and then at home he explodes. I don't think he'll explode on the Rams. I saw the way the Hill kid's playing and, and the way Jalen Ramsey can play. I think that's what looks best about the Rams is their secondary all of a sudden seems to be galvanized a bit after Baltimore torched him and and your old buddy there was making fun of Jalen Ramsey for replacing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marcus Peters. Um uh but uh the Cowboys can zoom zip it around. I mean if Dak gets going and Zeke is doing his thing, and they're mixing it properly. They are a threat offensively. But but I've, I've been a little down on Amari Cooper. I, I don't think they should pay him $18 million a year uh, if all the best corners in the league can take him out of a game. And they've been doing that this year. In the end... What kind of game are you actually expecting on Sunday? The last two times these two teams have played, 2017, that's when the Rams, we really, that's when I realized the Rams were actually for real and not a fake contender. Was that win in Dallas? And then last year, just running through Dallas and getting ahead and just at home in LA, it meant a lot to Rams fans. I mean, that was a huge win for them to beat the Cowboys. A year later, here these two teams are. They're, they've had their ups and downs. This year, how's this game play out on Sunday? Well, this, this is as negative as it's been in Dallas in quite some time. Um, there, there is no question that Jason Garrett's going to get fired—not fired. He doesn't need to get fired. His contract's up because Jerry made him a lame duck coach this year. Uh, they're mo- they're moving past Jason Garrett. Uh, the entire team knows that. Uh, how they react with three games to go, still fighting for the division, even though they're six and seven and have lost three straight. Uh, You know, there's no way that I'm going to expect them to find something. I think the Rams are going to come in here and powder them (laughs) 34 to 17, something like that. Uh, I think they're catching the Rams at exactly the wrong time. And the beauty of it for Cowboys fans is even if the Rams do that to them, all they got to do is beat the Eagles the week after and then beat Washington, and they're still going to win the division. So the Rams game hardly matters if they beat the Eagles and finish with a win over Washington. 
Um, but no, I, I I don't see a miracle happening for Dallas. This thing is going south, and usually when it goes south, and a good team rolls in here, uh, they're going to get clobbered. And, and I think the Rams are hitting the Cowboys at a perfect time to get to nine and five and uh, get ready for the big San Francisco game to put some pressure on the Vikings for a wild-card spot. Yeah, really, the Rams are in the playoffs now. They, their playoffs started a couple weeks ago. So they, they have to pretty much win out to even have a chance, and I mean, a chance to get in. And so this, there's a lot at stake for them. Man, I'm still looking forward to it, though. Well, they're, hitting the, they're hitting the right opponent for that, is what I'm here to tell you. One one last question. This is more of a curiosity question than a magic question. Who's your favorite to take over as head coach next year? Um, we were discussing that today. Jerry was on the radio uh, saying some cryptic stuff about Urban Meyer when he was asked directly if Stephen has talked to him. Uh, he said, "No, no, I I will I cannot confirm that report because it's not correct." But that doesn't mean we're not interested in talking to him. Uh, there was no mention of, hey, we still have a coach here. We'll get to that later. Um, I think it depends on how they feel about Kellen Moore. If if they still think Kellen Moore is going to be the boy genius and they want him as their offensive coordinator, then I think that rules out a Lincoln Riley or a Josh McDaniel. Uh, which would make Urban Meyer a very more likable possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer's a possibility, even though he's got a year left in Minnesota. They need somebody who can kick a little butt. Uh, they're entitled. Uh, they live too good at the Star in Frisco. They need a coach to shake them out of this and get them, get them acting like professional football players again. Can you let... Folks know where they can find you on social media. Check out your work. Uh, all small case at Stephen with a V W Dennis. That's it. Stephen W Dennis. All small letters with a V. And uh, that's me on Twitter. Uh, you can catch us at 1033. Uh, let's see, what is it? KESN 1033 is our website. And uh, Twitter at es at kesn one zero three three. Um, uh, but nobody's looking for me. I I'm making you feel too good that the Rams are going to clobber the Cowboys, and they're going to no. they're going to be mad at me if I'm wrong. So they're gonna, not going to be looking for me. I'm going to tell you flat out, man. I'm nervous. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for the talent there. I, I don't really think that Jason Garrett's done the world's best job over the years, given the talent that he's had. But I, I just see the talent you have now and knowing the kind of talent, but what talent can do in the right day in Dallas. And, and I'm, I'm not sold on the full Renaissance quite yet. That offensive line is still young. It's better, but it's still young. needs more experience having two edge rushers like Lawrence and, and Robert Quinn, who's going to be motivated by the way, the Rams traded him away. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, there's nerves there a little bit. So, uh, well, we we've just it's been so ugly this year. And I'm just telling you, against all the good teams, uh, this team has been non-competitive. Now they they have made a living out of beating the Giants, 
They, their only decent win was the 37-10 to 10 win over the Eagles in primetime when we thought the Eagles were good. The Eagles are a train wreck. They're 6-7. and seven. They, they don't have a signature win. They, they have been non-competitive. I mean, they had a great chance with Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving and then at Chicago to right this ship, and they did just the opposite. They, they completely collapsed. So I think that they're fighting a one-two problem, and they know their coach is about to get fired. Could they accidentally get it going at home uh, against the Rams? Maybe. Uh, you know, they can be dangerous, but we just haven't seen it. Uh, so the Rams, I would tell you to relax. The Rams have the confidence. They seem to be building towards something. I think it'll be lopsided. But the one thing about these Cowboys is they have been very difficult to predict uh, the last three years. Uh, very difficult. It seems the better their talent gets, the more unpredictable they are to predict. Uh, but I've been blaming on uh, that on Jason Garrett for three years now. And I think it finally caught up to him, and he's going to be gone. So whenever you're going through all that, I don't think they can beat a good team. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm going to remember your words come Monday. I know you got to go. I've got one more thing to say to you. OH. I.O., baby. Derek, (laughs) I enjoy talking to you, man. Thanks for thinking of me again this year. We'll do it again. You got it. Thank you very much. All right. So our sponsor, I cannot continue without shouting out Jim Hawk, his book, Hall of Steam, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams with the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the story of his father and the team he played for, an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also both on hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's also available this Friday in paperback. So if you're one of the the people who must have the paperback instead of the online, you want to be different. It's there. It's available at various different booksellers on the Internet. It's for a great cause, homeboy industries. Just trust and check it out. All we're seeing, great glamour. And the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. All right, Tommy, you are confident in a W this weekend. Tell me why. It's a matchup thing. It's just one of those teams you're familiar with. You've played them a lot of times over the last couple of years, and we match up well against them in our favor. You think so? I do. You think so? I'm not so sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Listen, I'm not saying the Rams lose this game. All right, I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is... They've got good Ed Rushers. We've seen Ed Rushes. Ed Rushers. Ed, Ed, Ed. Ed. Just say pass rusher. Their pass rushers, especially on the edge, have caused problems for the Rams. Overall, edge pass rushers have caused the Rams problems all year. All right? And you got Robert Quinn having a renaissance here down there in Dallas, which I cannot believe because he was struggling for a couple years. And D. Lawrence down there, who's having an off year, but sooner or later, is going to get it going. And, you know, the Dallas overall has talent, man. That team has a ton of talent. They should not be 6-7. and seven. It should be like 
ten and three, eleven and two. That team is low of talent. Coaching, there's a major problem. Internal issues, problems. But any given Sunday here applies because they have the talent to beat the Rams. They're going to be at home as well. They have one of the league's best offenses that somehow keeps stuttering in, in really, really interesting situations like the Bills game. I just can't shake that feeling. Maybe it's the old um, Rams derangement syndrome coming in and just watching some games go the other way this year that I thought the Rams could really do well in. I'll stay, I'll stay to this day. Tell me, for example, the Baltimore game, the one that they got rolled in, I still believe the Rams have the players and the talent to beat the Ravens. They didn't execute. They fell on their faces. They, However, you, we, we had a debate over it. They didn't do the job, period. But they had the pieces to do it any given Sunday. And for a team that just now seems to be coming together like the Rams seem to be, I guess that leads me to my last question to you. Are the Rams the Rams again? Or are they the team yeah. we've seen the first part of the year? No, they're the team we've seen in 2017 and, and the early part of 2018 before the issues started of figuring out playbooks and busted knees and whatnot. Um, I don't know. We talked about this in the offseason. We actually got what we wanted. It just might. We got it in the wrong way. And I'm going to explain to you why. We all talked about Todd Gurley needs to be on a pitch count so we don't have the next LaDainian Tomlinson. I don't know how many times we talked about that in the offseason. We actually got what we wanted. We were actually proud of the team of doing something we thought was a good idea and that they should do, right? The problem is Sean didn't run the ball at all, okay? Yeah, multiple running backs that are serviceable on this roster. And he decided to give none of them the ball. So him calling himself an idiot at the podium was a joke to make everyone laugh, but he really was calling himself an idiot because, you know, a lot of those early losses were his fault. Okay. And he knows that you got to run the ball. You got to throw the ball. It's all part of the game. You can't do one or the other. Okay. They both feed off of each other. That's how it works. But no, they're exactly the team that they should be. Talented roster, talented coaching staff. They're back. You're really sold on that. What about the offensive line? Are you are you confident now? I mean, there's still there's still some issues there. Are you, dude? Confident? How how hard are we really going to be on these guys? I mean, they're most I'm of not, them are rookies, I'm and not, listen, they came in off the street, off the bench, Tommy, right out of college, and they're killing it right now. Hold on, hold on. I'm not being hard. It's an honest question. I'm not even. I'm not even coming down. It's a really honest. No, question. No, I'm talking about Ram fans in general. That uh, why are we even still talking about the offensive line? These kids are they're, the cost controlled situation that we went into at the beginning of the season. You know, Les Need and Sean McVay are like, all right, man, we're not going to spend money on the offensive line this off season. We're going to go with the youngsters and and who we already had, other than Roger, right? So. That's what they did. It's called gambling, right? People do it every day. They have to do it. We have to do it everywhere we go, man. You have to roll the dice somewhere. Not everything's going to work out your way. They roll the dice with the offensive line. The only mistake they made is the starting five they chose at the beginning of the season. They, those players weren't as good as the ones that are in there now. My bad. I picked the wrong dudes. My name's Aaron Cromer. My name's Sean McVay. I picked the wrong five. So what? It's called human error. Bobby Evans is a better right tackle than Rob Havenstein. It's obvious, okay? But Rob Havenstein is getting paid $10 million a year. I don't care. Put him on the bench. Put him on the bench. You're getting your $10 million. Why are you crying? You're getting paid to do nothing. Sit there. You lost your job because you're not that good. It's all part of the game, right? Whether you got a guy on the bench making $10 million or 10 bucks, 
isn't winning at the end of the day all that really matters and how you keep your job? Well, I'm not even talking about having a side. And yeah, you're right. You, it's winning what matters. Well, I'll people are and- talking about it because that's all they're talking about today on social media, by the way. Rob, will Rob Havenstein start this Sunday? That should and be I said conversation. Zero point zero chance shouldn't he starts. Even, shouldn't even be in the conversation. And if he does, and they're all right, dude, it's all the articles are flying around today on social media. It's all they're talking about, dude. It's ridiculous. I'm like, really? This is what we're talking about? Rob's back, so will he or will he not play? If he plays, it's a political move. Straight up. That's all it is. I mean, he'll probably play. At some point, he's not starting. He'll probably be, he'll probably get a couple reps in there. No, 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 no. You're not going to get a rep unless somebody gets hurt. That's not how it works. He's not, he's not going to. I, I will say this. There were other mistakes as well. Uh, you know, the whole not playing the offensive line for whole preseason, they took that gamble. didn't work. No boom got hurt anyways. Eventually, Brian Allen got hurt anyways. So that's what you're trying to do, prevent injuries, right? Well, those guys still got hurt. And no boom got hurt just as he was figuring it out, which is, which is the tragic part about for him. He got hurt just as we saw him taking the turn and figuring it out. That's the bummer for me. He probably would have figured it out earlier had he played in the preseason. I just want to point that out. That's the other. That's the big mistake, really. And I hope the Rams don't repeat that mistake in the future with young guys, veterans. I get it. Young guys, until you know what they're going to do in live situations, you got to play them. And, and now you're looking forward. The Rams are eight and five. They're fighting for the playoff lives. They theoretically could go eleven and five and not make the playoffs. Very real possibility of that happening. And they could pay the price for taking that risk. But the long run of that, you're going to have all these guys develop for next year. You're going to know who is who on your offensive line. That's not a that's not a bad upside. No. Listen, less need is nobody's going to get it right every time, dude. But the guy's done a really good job. He's drafting starters in the late rounds. Isn't that what you're? Isn't that what you want? It is what you want. And the tough part about Snead is the guys who are becoming starters aren't the people you immediately thought would be the starters. For example, you thought Nopun would be the starter, right? You thought that Brian Allen would be the starter. I think Nopun would probably still be starting right now if if he hadn't got hurt. Allen, I'm not sure what they were thinking with that one because you never. This guy never had a chance, man. Coming in as a set a center who never really who. A center who had never been in this position before was was expected by many teams to be drafted as low as the seventh round, was drafted in the fourth round. I don't ever see how that chance was ever there for him to be successful. But here why? Have, why? <clears throat> why? Because he was drafted in the fourth, or he was supposed to be a seventh, or was he just not good? Well, his past track record. What past track record? College. At, at the college level, his his, his his track record there was good. He was known for his toughness. He was known for his leadership, so on and so forth. But there's a difference between playing in the college level and playing in the NFL. And playing in, in the NFL as a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, leadership and quote-unquote toughness isn't all you need to be successful. No, we know that. But and so my point, the point I was trying to make is that they were just wrong, right? At the end of the day, you pick they, a guy... And you, you think that he's going to be this, and he ends up being that. And but you're like, I, well, I screwed that up. Well, they were wrong, but I don't know if it's just that they were wrong. I don't know that he even really had a fair shot at it. The, Why? At least at least Joe Noteboom had some reps in a game in 2017. Sorry, 2018. Brian Allen didn't even play in 2018. 
and he immediately supposed to jump in with no preseason and be the starter week one as your center. So when the there's, key- your, there's your point is you you gave the detail to the no shot, no preseason reps. So there's there's mistake the, number one. That's right? that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying, we'll never know. Maybe one day we will, because hopefully he'll come back and he'll be someone who can contribute, right? But we'll never know that for this year he was either a bust because he was just a bust, or he was a bust because the team didn't really give him a chance to succeed properly. I don't think they gave him a chance to succeed properly. But he could nope. just be a bust for them. Yeah, you don't know. That's why you strength is in numbers. Draft as many players you need at the position that you're gambling with financially. And it's basically like throwing a bunch of crap against the wall and seeing what sticks, right? Yep. And that's yep. kind of what they did because they drafted a whole bunch of offensive linemen over the last couple of years in the later rounds. And some of them are getting opportunities to play now because of injury. And they're good, right? So it worked. I mean, so far, so good. I mean, you didn't start great because they picked the wrong guys to go in there. And, you know, it, 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 put it this way. Take five dudes that all have different brains, right? And you line them up in a room and you pick 10 offensive linemen in the room and you've seen them all practice for a month. And you each guy that gets to choose the starting lineup is going to choose a different starting lineup. I'm telling you right now. It's just the way we are, right? Our opinion is our opinion at the end of the day, right? Bringing it back around, the wrapping it around to the actual game itself, the Dallas game, what concerns me about the Dallas game is the fact that, A, Dallas does have a lot of weapons, and we've seen the Rams, we've seen the Rams on occasion fall asleep on defense. They better have the right game plan for them. Okay, <laughs> Dallas is playing for their lives, too. And on the flip side of it, off, for the Rams' offense, the pass blocking's better. They're still struggling a little bit there, you know, Jared's still having to move. They have to get him out of the pocket. He can't sit in the pocket for very long. Can they continue to at least give him enough time to move? Will they have enough against a Dallas defense? That is, it's it's pretty tough. You know, they have good talent there. Dallas should be 11 and 2, 10 and 3, not 6 and 7. You know, it's just one of those times, it's one of those games where you're both playing for your playoff lives. I think the Rams should win this game. The Rams are in a better place. They seem to have figured it out, but we're only two weeks removed from that Baltimore game. So I'm nervous. So all those factors in mind, the defense being what it is, it's been great. Couple flops this year though. The offense, you know, the offensive lines improve. We've seen movement with Jared Goff. All those things. They're calling for a W. Give me one key factor for this game to send us on our way. Just one key factor. Defense completely shuts down that offense. Really? Why? I mean, they only have they two wep- they only have two weapons. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey takes out the receiver kid, and uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. Bye bye. Well, they have more than I mean. They have Michael Gallup. They have Mark Cooper. If Cooper plays, which appears he will. They still have Jason Witten. They have weapons. <laughs> All right, but Dallas is not efficient, though. They're not. They their, co- the their coaching. Their coaching staff is atrocious. That's why they're. Not. You put a good coach. I'll tell you this right now. Jason Garrett gets fired this week. Rams lose on Sunday. Oh, but he didn't. So we're not losing because what happens when a coach gets fired that the players want to get fired, man, they, you don't want to play that team the next game. You do not. That's never the team you want to play because now those players are ready to go and everything that upset them is now gone. And it's a completely different mentality out there. So Jason Garrett's still there. It's a W. 
All right. But I'm, 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 I, I think as a fan, I'm looking, I'm looking past the 49ers. That's how much let's I hope, don't well, you know, respect the Cowboys. Let's hope the Rams aren't looking past the Cowboys this weekend. That could be a problem. Let's hope that happens. All right, folks. Nah. Don't nah. forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. We have a group as well, the Rams Talk Room. Also, you can find me, Derek C. Apollo, on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA. And you can go ahead and send your your complaints over there to him about you know LA comments or whatever, you know. Go ahead, do it. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Android, Google, all those places. For Tommy the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Paul saying take it easy. We'll talk to you Sunday night. Hopefully, discussing Rams win. We're out of here. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.